Hello, everybody. Welcome into episode 47 of the Take a Swig podcast. This is Swig, and we are back after conference championship weekend. There is only one football game left. It's the Super Bowl coming up in about a week and a half here. And like most of you, I'm not very excited about it. But we do have one person on here who is, and I'll introduce him first. Blake, how you doing, my guy? You're getting spoiled, and I hate you for it. Oh, I'm just amazing. You know what I had to do, and I hope it's here by Super Bowl Sunday. If you say something about Kadarius Tony, you're not getting back on here. No, I got a tranquil jersey. Okay, fine. I can I can deal with that one. I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Any listeners who don't know, we, he was a grade above Nick and I, and two grades above Nick or uh, two grades above Blake in high school. So um, that's kind of cool. Anyway, also got Nick with us, so got the full house today. How are you doing, my guy? I'm doing good. Honestly, it was the worst possible uh, matchup we could have <laughs> asked for. So honestly, it's been terrible playoffs. But other than that, doing pretty well. How about yourself, Swig? I'm not so bad. I uh, had another trip to New York uh, not too long ago and uh, yeah, back for got to see a Knicks game and would go to another wedding. You boys know I basically live at those now. Um, It was fun, though. The the playoffs for me haven't been my favorite, but at least for me personally, I like the teams I hate the most out early. But I was really hoping the Chiefs would lose at some point. Yeah, wow. I mean, I think you do remind me of Owen Wilson from Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah? I've, I still have not seen the movie. What? You know what? me, man. I don't watch a lot of movies. I, I, also, I also have not seen it, so... Yeah, all right. <laughs> Look, I've no, heard... You always better I... watch it. Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Will Ferrell's in it, too. Like, it's a great movie. I've I heard of like all three Vince of those people. You don't like Vince Vaughn? Mm-mm. What? Yeah. He's hilarious. Vince Vaughn was like the movie. Great Christmas movie, by the way, with Reese Witherspoon. I haven't seen that movie either, but I also know who that is. (laughs) Um, I mean, really killing me here. You know what I've seen Vince Vaughn in? He was like the fourth string running back in Rudy. I know who Deuce Vaughn is. Nice. No. Oh, man. Look, any of our listeners, like any people that I know who are listening to this right now can tell you, like, if it's a popular movie that everyone loves, I probably haven't seen it. I need people to listen to this. Please back me up about Vince Vaughn. Like, he, I'm not saying he's top tier, but he's funny. I've I've seen him in Rudy and Fred Claus. Fred Claus is a pretty decent movie. He's like middle class of, like, comedian actors. Okay, what's the problem with that? It's like the giant, middle class. Hey. <laughs> in our lifetime, the, besides like two seasons, the giants have lived in poverty. Internship's a good movie with him and Owen Wilson, too. Like, uh, on, I have seen that one. Yeah. Was he good or not? It wasn't bad. I don't oh, know. I, it, I, I don't like his face. No. His face brings emotions of anger. Like Nick Sirianni to Swig. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that one. I haven't seen the internship either. I feel like we're just a tad off topic here. So any other movie takes you want to get out real quick? No, I'm um, good. I'm just a little disappointed in this uh, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson talk you guys have no the, idea. The about. other guys is probably still my favorite all-time comedy movie. 
because that has nothing to do with Vince Vaughn or Owen, Owen Wilson. That's Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. He said any other movie takes, so okay, I'm okay. giving a movie take. It's a great movie, though. It's a great. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. I haven't been to a movie theater in six years. He's like, oh, really? We're gonna Ryan tastes good. We're gonna develop a breathing apparatus. <laughs> Maybe take days, weeks, months at a time, but we will. <laughs> Dude, such a funny movie. How many joints did you boys roll up before this episode? For legal oh. reasons, zero. You don't, you don't just like never like sat around the table and just talk about movie quotes with your buds. Usually, I talk uh, about you... movies instead. I mean, I do that I mean, too. But like, I mean, come on, we randomly quote SpongeBob all day long. Every That's day. Uh, there. We go. Great too. Yeah. Oh man, SpongeBob is a classic. And once you boys learn how to go be stupid somewhere else, I'll replace you guys. But. Until- <laughs> Until then, all right, let's, let's do it back. I, although I'm sh- I'll, we'll make it a project where we get me to watch a movie that everyone loves at some point before we record an episode. And then I I'll say at the end it. of an episode, we just put out a list like A, B, C, or D, and then the most votes that you have to watch it. Okay, I'd be willing okay. to do that. All right, well, me and Blake will think of the four movies. Let's save it for the off season, though, so um, we're not all busy with the draft and stuff because we're all looking oh, that's for fine. That. I mean, yeah, I'm all for that. Anyway, so we had two games that happened over the weekend. And like I started to set Blake up for before we went off the rails a little bit there. So the Chiefs end up beating the Ravens 17 to 10, advancing to the Super Bowl. The Ravens, one seed in the AFC, home field advantage, end up losing. They made a lot of bad mistakes. Uh, There were some questionable calls, I'm sure. But uh, there's a couple different things that I stick to here. Now, I, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Legereus Sneed, who made the play of the game, in my opinion. That was incredible on the goal line. But after getting um, fucking torched. But Zay Flowers, uh, I mean, that sequence, man. Uh, the, the, the Ravens defense gave up touchdowns on the first two drives, looked like they might get blown out of the building. They came back after one with the touchdown the, um, that Lamar threw down the field. But other than that, very little scoring in the game. The Chiefs kicked that field goal at the end of the first half. Never ended up scoring in the second half, but they didn't need to. The Ravens didn't really do anything the whole third quarter, and then they turned it over in the end zone twice in the fourth. They finally kicked the field goal with two minutes to go, but never got the ball back. So, so all right, Blake, Well, let, let's get the gloating out of the way now. What were you happiest about with the game, besides winning? Uh, okay, my favorite moment in the game, besides winning, was watching – Justin Ross get on the field for the victory formation. That is such a weird fucking thing to have as your favorite play of the game. Imagine being that spoiled. I was jumping up and down with joy seeing number eight on the field. Huh. Okay. Anyway, so Nick, what takeaways did you have from the game? (laughs) Like just like the overall take, or like you didn't even ask me for my takeaways. You just asked me for my favorite moment. Yeah, and you just discredited yourself with that (laughs) response. So anyway, I'm gonna refocus it a little bit. So Ravens, uh, let me rephrase the question. So for the Ravens, who were favored going into the game, like I mentioned, home field advantage, ended up pissing away the opportunity. Couldn't get the offense going. The fumble from Flowers at the goal line, the interception from Lamar into triple coverage. So. Going forward here, the Ravens, who have now lost their defensive coordinator and Mike McDonald, he took the Seahawks job earlier today as we record this. Where do you look for them to go from here in the offseason? 
Well, I think I'm going to talk about the game itself first, and then I'll hop on how I feel about the Ravens moving forward. Okay. But the game itself, I felt like that was a terrible, awful game plan by Todd Munkin. Agreed. You know, I think they uh, threw the ball, what, like 85% of the time. Um, they ran, they handed it off to a running back six times the entire game against the 27th ranked rushing defense. If there's something that you can beat the Chiefs on, it's running the football that has been proven all season. Lamar Jackson, with his legs, especially when he actually chose to run it, he was gashing them. My biggest takeaway with Lamar, though, is I felt like he was stayed in the pocket too long. I'm not saying he was trying to prove a point or anything, but I felt like there was times that his first two reads are gone or are, are gone. Just take off. Use your legs. There's so many opportunities he could have just done that because we know that's his best ability, his speed, his uh playmaking ability. And he just never did that. And just the uh play call himself by Todd Munkin to refuse to hand it off like at all. I think they on second and third down there was two total runs with a QB design or handoff. Awful. Just awful uh, play calling. That defense really did everything they could to keep them in the game. I don't even think, besides those two drives, honestly, I didn't. I was impressed by Kansas City. Like, overall, I really wasn't. The defense has been really good this year. That has been their calling call card all season. Patrick Mahomes, the first few uh, two drives, made some beautiful plays, beautiful throws. That, that's why he's top tier. But I honestly think the Ravens just pissed it away. Like they truly had it, and they were they are the better team. But they literally showed up with the worst type of game plan, was sleepwalking the first probably two quarters, and then they bit themselves in the foot with some uh, costly turnovers. They just weren't prepared. I truly no. don't think they're prepared at all. I want to the second half. I was very disappointed with. Concerned about an offense. Like, we didn't have the ball downfield the entire second half. We literally were doing screens and handoffs the entire second half. And, like, I get it. Like, you're not trying to piss away a lead and just hold it on because you trust your defense. But at the same time, I I think the Ravens defense really stepped up. And moving forward, honestly, I'm going to say it. Like, I, this is how I feel about Sean McDermott. I know at least John Harbaugh has won the Super Bowl, but what has he done since that year? What was it, 2012, 2013? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, the last, like, they haven't, this is their first, what, AFC Championship game since then? I believe so. Yeah, and they have many opportunities. They were a one seed before, got hosed against the Titans, absolutely dog walked at their own stadium. They did. And, um, and they've had like they've had opportunities, and now you're letting a very good corner walk. I'm not saying John Harbaugh should be gone. I think it's time for the hot seat. Interesting. I, I truly do. I think at some point you got to be like, look, thank you for what you've done, but there's got to be a point where you move forward and move on, and like you're just letting really good corners walk in, walk out, and it's just a turnstile. But he stays over and over and over again. And I think, you know, we've honestly with the, you know, they're young on offense, but I've seen, think we've seen the peak of this offense, what they can be with Lamar Jackson. And I don't know that they'll get over the hump. I truly think they can. And I hope they do because I love Lamar, but this was their best chance. This was like, this oh, yeah. has been their best chance since with Lamar. And they, 
they did not look prepared. And that's on coaching. I thought the coaching staff did, other than Mike, did a, a horrid job. So, I mean, I, I would say like something's got to change because how can you have such a generational talent at quarterback and you have two playoff wins to show for his career? Or is it in what six years? Is it two? I mean, like, yeah, I know he it, beat Ryan Tannehill and then he beat CJ Stroud. Those are his two playoff yeah. wins. Yeah, you're right. And in fairness, he was hurt last year and Huntley had to play. So you can make that a tiny bit of a defense. Look, there there were two main points that I want to hammer at. I'm glad you brought up Munkin and the lack of a running game because that was the biggest sticking point for me. Not only is that where the Chiefs defense is most vulnerable, it's also where the Ravens offenses thrive the entire fucking season. They ran the ball at least 17 times in every other game this season. They had up to over 30 in a couple games where they're running up 56 on the Dolphins. And for some reason... They run the ball six times with, uh, did you say with running? It was just, I, I couldn't yeah. understand it for the life of me. Now, I think Lamar, a part of it was, I think he held onto the ball too long at times. There were a couple throws he missed. I thought the defense started to turn up, but after Omena, who had the strip sack, the defense got that stop on fourth and one. And I'm like, all right. You know, that kept it a one-score game at the time. They had all those chances to get something on the board before halftime. And I'll give the Chiefs defense credit, too, obviously. They did not give up anything. They kicked that field goal before the end of the first half, which ended up being the difference. But at the very least, th this was the Ravens' best chance so far. We've talked about Tomlin a lot and the Steelers in terms of their level of consistency, but not a real threat to win anything. I wouldn't put the Ravens quite in that category yet because they, they were more dominant this year than Pittsburgh's been since 2018. But they've been similar in the sense that they've been stable. They haven't had a lot of change in their coaching staff or their front office. And they always get praised for everything they do in the offseason and the draft. And at the end of the day, they don't have the playoff results to show for it. And I would agree that they beat themselves and they didn't look prepared here. I thought the, they were entirely outcoached. And really, I still think they beat themselves in a lot of different ways here. Like. Uh, I, I definitely say they beat themselves. They played a very undisciplined game of football. They looked like very unprepared, as you said. Uh, but maybe this is just my bias, but I do want to give my flowers to uh, Spags. I feel like he coached a phenomenal game, and the defense was ready for just about everything the Ravens threw at him. Now, why couldn't you have said that instead of Justin Ross? <laughs> Because there's not like a play. You asked me for a specific play. How about the speed play? Mm. Yeah. All right. Mean. You know what? Look, <laughs> hey, I'm not even going to argue with you on Spags, bro. He was with the Giants when we won a Super Bowl. I like him, and he's honestly an excellent defensive coordinator. So I would agree. Give him I, some credit. No, like that's what the Chiefs have been all year. They have been a defensive team, and that proved, proved it. And honestly, like it – Proved more to me the way Andy Reid was calling that second half. He pretty much said, we're not going to push the ball. We're not going to try to make big plays. We're just going to dink and dunk our way down there. If we don't get any points, fine. We're going to trust our defense. And that's what they've been. And Steve Spagnuolo, amazing job this year. Absolutely amazing. This defense oh, is yes, amazing. And I the pass rush was getting home. George Karloftis played an amazing game. Yep. Really, the only thing the Ravens did was uh, get out of a sack, Lamar Jackson, run around and chuck it deep. That was really their only, like, 
play they've done like in that game. Other than that, their offense was stale. That defense locked down. So yep. both defenses all year. I, I thought Spagnuolo and McDonald were two of the best, if not the two best defensive coordinators this year. I mean, I know they were both great against motion. You see like a lot of cover two from the Chiefs, a lot of cover six from the Ravens. But it, even though they had stylistic differences, they were both really effective. And it also led to a low scoring AFC championship game here. But now I, I want to circle back real quick. So first of all, Zay Flowers, I know we got to mention, like he was the guy generating big plays. But then, of course, he had the sequence where he taunted, uh, got called for taunting on Sneed. And then he, Sneed made the great play to rip the ball out or poke it out when he was diving for the pylon. I'm, I know that they needed to score. It's just, this is always going to drive me nuts. They had a first down at the one yard line there. It wasn't fourth down or anything. Like I get flowers instinct, but you didn't have to score on that exact play, man. Just like protect the ball. If you're down an inch short, it's either second and inches from the two or first and goal at the one and you'll probably score, but you had to get points on that drive. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I can't really agree with that. I feel like as a player, like, you never know when that next opportunity to score is. So, like, you got to take every chance you can get. I mean, I said why well, I get the instinct, right? You can't tell a guy not to score. But it's just like, I know he's a rookie, and I'm not trying to pin it on him because he had, like, 100 yards and all. It's just that play will always drive me nuts, man. Because, like, to me, the risk outweighs the reward there. Because if he was, you know, was down and that fumble doesn't happen, it's probably 17-14 with the whole fourth quarter to go. I know it's easy to say that looking back on it. And then when he cut his hand on the bench right after it, wasn't the finest two minutes in Zay Flowers' career, but I think he'll be back from it. One last thing here before we switch it over to the Lions. Like, I feel weird saying it a minute ago, but I want to circle back. Like, comparing the Ravens to the Steelers felt so very weird. But, the like, the Ravens front office coaching staff always gets all this praise. It, I think it might be time to say they're sl- that whole, the whole organization is at least slightly overrated. Just because, like, they're always pretty good. This year they were great, but they just ha- – they can't – they can't get over the hump. No, they can. Like that's why at some point, John Harbaugh needs to be on the hot seat. There's got to be a point. And you know, I I just like I guess as a fan of watching it, if you're a fan of the Ravens, you just expect better. Like this, this was a jet. Like in statistically, I don't really truly believe they were like generational defense, but statistically, they were a generational defense in terms of the numbers. And you have been the MVP of the league, and you look like that in the AFC Championship in your first AFC Championship home game. Yeah, it, it that was just terrible. I'm like, at the end of the day, give Chiefs the credit and give Andy Reid the credit because they came out hot. Uh, they executed game plan uh, the very beginning, and they never looked back. And that's why they're in the Super Bowl once again, championship pedigree, and they just show it time and time again. Yeah, experience made a huge and, difference, but, and so did Kelsey. It was me crazy to see how aggressively we played in the first half, you know, going for those two fourth downs, and then just the entire second half. It was like we didn't give a shit about a single first down. Not really. Never scored in the second half, although I I thought I I knew and everyone else seemed to like you know damn well Andy Reid was throwing on that last third and nine and like you got to give him credit for the balls there like that was the one really aggressive play in the second half I'm just a little surprised the Ravens didn't play back a little bit further because like they threw it the, the Chiefs a couple years ago were willing to throw the ball on fourth down with Chad Henney like you know they're going to throw it with Patrick Mahomes yeah but yes. I mean like look who he threw it to how many times this year have we seen MVS 
fail in those opportunities. Ah, man. MVS finally coming through. It's not like quarterback play. It's been the problem for him. But anyway, Kelsey also with the 11 catches was obviously huge. The uh, the Ravens let one slip here, man. This was a, a great team that just they, they seemed a little bit out uh, outmatched here for the moment. And give the Chiefs credit. But anyway, that's why the Ravens. Uh, have okay. Last thing to shout out, Lamar Jackson catching his own pass. That play was fucking incredible. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Kind of like Brett Favre did that one time. But uh, Lamar was a lot more athletic with it. Now we move over. NFC game, and to any Lions fans listening, this is the part where I apologize for hosting this episode. But we'll get into it. 24-7 lead at the half. 34-31 San Francisco win in, at the end of the game. Obviously, uh, one of the worst second halves you're going to see. And uh, we can talk about the experience and the coaching again, again here. San Francisco has been there before, although they haven't gotten won a Super Bowl in the last couple decades. The Lions... First playoff wins in 32 years. First NFC uh, championship game in, since 1991. And they had this one, man. They played such a great first half. Really got away from them. Obviously, we're, we're going to get into this in a second. Like, there were the failed fourth downs. There's been all the debate, the firestorm about should they have gone for them? Should they have kicked field goals, especially on that one in the fourth quarter? The, uh, how much blame does Dan Campbell get? Uh, yada, yada, yada. There, there was that play that hit Vildor in the face mask, and it ended up as a 50-yard catch for Ayuk. It just – it was an avalanche. Like, when the third quarter started and San Francisco only kicked the field goal, and I'm like, all right, hey, you know, that's that's solid for the Lions to hold, 24-10. But then Reynolds dropped the fourth down pass after that. And then the IU catch. And then Gibbs fumbled right after that. And it was just an avalanche, man. I think part of it was the experience. The the Okay, I want to start it this way. I don't mind the fourth down conversions. I'll get or, uh, the attempts. I'll get to you guys there in a second. The only thing I would really blame Dan Campbell for would be the clock management at the very end of the game when they ran it on third and goal and then had to spend a timeout because that didn't give them a chance to get the ball back. Other than that, I don't mind it. I, I will say I agree with you for the most part. I, I would just like to add that, like, like you got to know your stakes. It's the NFC championship game. At some point when they're catching up, at some point you got to be okay with, like, settling for three and just keeping points going up on the board. The Lions haven't done that all year. And, like, we saw Moody miss a field goal earlier in the game for San Francisco. I don't mind it. Like, the fourth down conversion attempts where it got him there. And in fairness, one of them would have worked if Reynolds could have held on to the ball. Yeah. I mean, the Lions, I mean, going back to our SpongeBob reference, that's my ice cream cone. Is this (laughs) the Lancy Championship game? He was like, great. Let him have it. You can have it. Gee, thanks. Gee, thanks. Um, no, but like, seriously, the Lions, I actually disagree with you because of this reason. If you are talking about gambling all year and going for them fourth down all year, which is fine because that's who you bet, then why didn't you go for it right before halftime? Fourth and two at the goal, uh, fourth and goal at the two yard line. Why didn't you go for it? Because you want to talk about going for it and gambling all season. That is the play to do it. That is when you do it. Not kick a field goal and then at the end of the game where they have what? What was it? 17-point run on you? And then you want to go for it again? I will pass the one to Josh Reynolds. That was a great throw. 
good execution, you got to catch the ball. Then he had the fumble and another Josh Reynolds drop. But that second, fourth down, absolutely not. You you have to take the points. I was screaming taking the points on the first one, on the first fourth down, because you make it a three-score game instead of keeping it at two. At no point should you let a team like the 49ers have momentum. You keep okay. it far away possible. <laughs> And but I I just the second one really bothered me. You tie the game because whatever happens, you can at least tie it right back up or win it. And let's see, let's see. So let's say uh 49ers do score the touchdown like they did, and it's a tie ball. Uh, they're up by seven instead of ten, right? You go down and score a touchdown. What do you think Dan Campbell does? Oh, he goes for two. Goes for two. Do you, and no one would have said anything about him going for two. So I, I just don't understand the fourth down call the second time and then kicking the field goal right before halftime. I didn't like that either. If you're talking about this is who we've been all, all season, then why weren't you then? And then you want to switch back to it at the end where everything's crumbling right in front of you. All right. Two it's things. Backwards. Two things. I get what you're saying for sure. But like you mentioned, on the first fourth down attempt in the second half, a field goal would have put him back up 17, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's what the first field goal did at the end of the first half. It did put them up by three scores. Right. I'm just saying I would have kicked the field goal, but like if you're talking about being who you are all season, why didn't you go for it then? Why didn't you go for it right before halftime and then and then just go back to being um, the aggressive Dan with the big old balls that everyone talks about? I just it was weird timing when he did those things, and I just felt like he was panicking. I think the final one was just a panic one. Yeah, I think Campbell just really wanted a three-possession lead at the half, and he got it. Which and, is fine. I yeah, was good with that. Yeah, that, that field goal, 24-7, three scores, right? Now, I get a field goal after like uh, the one where Reynolds dropped it on fourth down. If they kicked the field goal, and of course, Badgley made it, 27-10, you're back up three scores. Or if they converted, they kicked the field goal later, and the driver got in the end zone. Obviously, I think that's just basically cuts off the whole comeback attempt. That, that first fourth down, I think, really, really sparked this. A field goal at first, you cut it back to 14, fine, right? You're, you're Detroit, you can respond to that. But I'm the fourth downs don't bother me too much. Like I know this is entirely different. I don't know if Campbell – I doubt Campbell had this specifically on his mind. A couple years ago, Chiefs-Bengals, AFC Championship, I think. Maybe it was divisional round. The Chiefs got stopped at the end of the first half in a similar situation going for it. Bengals mm-hmm. eventually came back and won that game. That was the year that it was Bengals-Rams in the Super Bowl, right? Like I, Maybe Campbell had that in his mind where he thought if he just kicked the field goal, they went up three scores, they could hold the lead. Obviously, that didn't happen. I it was just, the AFC Championship game. Just yeah, well, that was the AFC Championship I just don't see where – okay, like I said, I'm okay with what he did until that final one. I, I, I don't, just don't understand it. Like that – I don't care that's how you've been all season, which is fine in the regular season. It's fine. But at some point, you got to know the stakes, like Blake said. you got to know where you're at. you got to know that, okay, they have what uh, – they've scored, what, 20 straight on us, and now we just need to cut the bleeding to at least – keep this possible at going to overtime or having a chance to win it right back. Cause I, I just don't see where, how the game has been going all the entire, like the entire second half where you actually like believe that you would get that one play again and execute when you haven't been that entire second half. I just don't see where you could like you sat there and was like, Oh yeah, that's, this is the best move for our team. 
I thought it was bad, personally. Eh, fair yeah, enough. Nick, I'm completely with you. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I love Dan Campbell. I, I love him. Like yeah. I think he's a great coach. And I think what he did with the Lions is amazing. But I don't think he put his team in the best chance to win. I really sure. don't. The the thing, like, I, I think some of it's on him for that. I, I would put some of it on the team and the execution. Not all of it was bad. Like, right. the only thing I would say 100% was Campbell's fault was that clock management at the end of the first half. So, that, that were, I mean, at the end of the game. So, I thought pissing away the timeout, you, you run the ball on third and goal there. That can't happen. If you have all three timeouts, you could give yourself another chance. So, that that's the one I'd say is 100% on him. The rest of it, I, I get the debate. We just had it, and a ton of other people are having it, but – that's where I'm at for the, the in-game management. It's a rough collapse. Yeah, I hope it doesn't take too much thing away from the Lions' best season in over 30 years, but very rough ending to watch there. And obviously we all would have rooted for them in the Super Bowl. But one, sh- uh, one shoe that everyone expected to drop but didn't for the Lions is Ben Johnson is going to stay as their offensive coordinator. This is the second offseason in a row that he got all the interest in the head coaching cycle, didn't end up taking a job. You guys surprised by that? You, how – how much of an impact you think that'll have for the Lions next year? Go from there. Uh, I am surprised that he's sticking with the team, but I love it, honestly, to commit to building something in Detroit, like continue the growth. And I think him sticking around gives them the best chance next season to get over the hump. I, I feel like what he's been able to do with Jared Goff, I feel like – like he has a chance for Jared Goff to play in another Super Bowl. Mm. And I will say Goff was not at fault for the loss. He played well. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I think Ben Johnson's thing is actually huge, especially for Dan Campbell, but in that team. But um uh I mean Dan Campbell said it. This could have been our best chance to be in the Super Bowl. Oh, it was their best chance. It a hundred percent was their best chance. You have a seventeen point lead in the NFC Championship game. Like you have everything you can ask for there. Now, and, yeah. and the other thing for me is like they were clearly the best team in their division this year. That's a luxury. They are obviously not guaranteed going forward. Well, it, it changes every year, right? The NFC was down for the most part this year. I will say the Lions had a slightly favorable path in the sense that their second game was at home against the Buccaneers in the playoffs. That's about as great as you can ask for, right? The Buccaneers only got in because their division is shit, but give the lions credit for taking advantage of the opportunities. And then first half, they're the better team on the road against the one seed. They had their chances. So they have no one to blame, but themselves at the end of the day here, it's, it's really sucks for them. Uh, They've, Mm -hmm. they've been bad for so long, but I I still, I I still think they could be back. I have more, like, I'm not going to make that argument about, oh, well, their front office is overrated. No, they've done a hell of a job since Holmes took over and Campbell's took over, right? Like, they're, and they're still newer than the Ravens are for as a comparison, like not even close there. But the, the fact the Packers could easily close the gap next year, for example, like that safety net they had isn't going to be there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that, like he said, that was their best chance. Um and I, you just never know each year. You know, I always say, like, you know, you got to enjoy these moments you can and take it uh, take it the best you can because you never know when you'll be back. Like, you, you truly don't know. Uh, like, you might not ever. Yeah. And got to uh, take these moments when you can. And I just thought that they didn't at, in the second half. I just really – but I want to give – by the way, I want to give 49ers credit. Brock Purdy in that second half made plays to win the game with his legs. He did. With his legs, he – so what? Okay, he 
did what Lamar should have done. Saw his first two reads gone, took off. What and a world. Made plays to I literally what a world. But <laughs> they made the plays. And you know, give the 49ers credit. They were the better team in the second half. And they came back and won. And they and they just did what they needed to do, you know. Absolutely. Playoff experience comes in, even though Purdy honestly didn't have a lot. So give him credit here. The last time these two played in the Super Bowl, the world ended right after. So I really hope that that's uh, not an omen here. We got two minutes left on this recording, boys. So is there anything else you want to throw in real quick? Mm, No. I like it. Nick, any final thoughts? You know, I put a parlay down um, for the Super Bowl. All right. You ready? Let's hear it. Travis Kelsey to propose. Lock it in, boys. Uh, that better be on FanDuel. Lock it in. Travis Kelsey to propose to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift joins Usher in the halftime show. Oh, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be amazing, boys. This is what we wanted. This is every man's dream. Taylor Swift here in the Super Bowl. Pay, after every touchdown, paying to her, see her reaction. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, I can see it. It's the, the, the prop bets for this Super Bowl are going to be even wilder than usual. But uh, for anyone wondering real quick, we'll do a Super Bowl preview next week since we got the week in between conference championships and the Super Bowl. And obviously we'll react to that after. We'll do the, the head coaching hire episode once every team that had a vacancy has hired one except for the commanders. So once they get one hired, we'll we'll do an episode like last year where we rank them. But until then, uh, that, that's all we got. I know the, the Ravens and the Lions gave us a lot of material here with the way they lost their game. So we got the Super Bowl matchup set. We'll preview Chiefs and 49ers next week. want to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the show on your favorite platform, and follow us on X and Instagram at Take a Swig Pod. But until next week, for Blake and Nick, this is Swig signing off. We'll be back next week. Go Chiefs.